I got to reflect in on 2019, and uh, I know a lot of you in here has, has had a good year, had a good 2019. The Lord has blessed you beyond measure. The Lord has done great things in your, in your families, in your jobs, in your ministry in 2019. And I know there's people in here that's had a rough 2019. Uh, unexpected death has knocked on some of you guys' doorsteps. Cancer has knocked on your doorstep. Uh, loss of a job has knocked on your doorstep. And, and I think of the people who didn't have a good 2019. And, and I got to thinking, like, the Lord has blessed me with a good year, 2019, but it's also been a rough, a rough year for, for me. And I, I would say this hasn't been the best year of my life. It hadn't been the worst, but it hasn't been the best. And so I got to thinking, you know, what do I, what do I preach about? What do I talk about? But all through this year, there's one verse that kept replaying in my mind in Hebrews 13.5. You don't have to turn there. Hebrews 13.5, kind of paraphrasing, it says, don't get caught up for the love of money. And it says, be content with what you have. And that, and the, that verse could stop right there, but it don't. That verse goes on to says, but I say the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's the verse I've clinged to all year. And I'm like, man, I, if I don't have that verse in the back of my mind that the Lord will never leave me, the Lord will never forsake me, it's going to be a tough 2020 if I don't, if I don't cling to that verse. So uh, Luke chapter 19, that's where we're going to be. We're going to talk about a man. If you want to title this sermon, I was going to title it, What Are You Going to Change? What Are You Going to Change? Beginning of the year, everybody wants to say they're going to change something, and people make their New Year's resolutions, and you realize most of the time people don't even make it a week, and they, and they fail. It diet's the number one thing. People want to diet and, and stop doing certain things, and then they find themselves back in the same habit less than a week into the new year. So I was, I was telling, what are you going to change? And then I added something to it. What are you going to change, or are you? What are you going to change or are you? We're going to look at a man in the Bible, Zacchaeus. He didn't have a good lifestyle. He cheated people. He, he was a tax collector. He, he, he didn't like, he liked taking people's money. That's basically what he did. But he had to change some things in his life in order to have a healthy, good relationship with Jesus. Luke chapter 19, if you would stand for the reading of God's word. I'm going to read the first 10 verses. And then we'll dive into the message. Starting in verse 1. It says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus for who he was, but could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, and came down, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was going to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. Verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for just, uh, just the awesome year that you have blessed us with in 2019, Lord. And as we draw 
to an end of this year, Lord. Help us to focus on you, to seek you, Lord, and uh, just bless our time together this morning, and we'll just give you all the praise and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Four things I want to point out about Zacchaeus that, that he had to change. And uh, a lot of us don't like change. A lot of us love change. Change ain't always easy. Change ain't always fun. Change is hard sometimes. But four things Zacchaeus had to change. And the first one I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, but the last three I really want to focus. As far as uh, this message, I might say some things that, that you don't like, that you don't agree with. That's okay because I'm not, not lying about anything. Everything is straight up truth and reality for today's message. The first thing Zacchaeus had to change was who he looked to. He had to change who he looked to. Verse 3 says, and he sought to see Jesus for who he was, but he could not for the press. Because he was a short little wee man as we learn in BBS and growing up that Zacchaeus was a wee little man. So it says he sought to see Jesus. The problem with us today is we seek to see the approval of man and not God. We seek after things. I mean, Facebook, Instagram, things. You see, I want to say girls are worse than guys, but guys do it too. You post pictures and you want to see how you, how you look, the response of other people. Should I do my hair this color? Should I wear this color of dress? Should I, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I cut my hair? Whatever. And you're seeking the approval of man when the approval of God is all that a man needs. Zacchaeus was, was very much like this. He, he went around, he stole people's money, he took people's money, took more than he should. He, he didn't have a good reputation about himself. Zacchaeus was a, not just a wee man, Zacchaeus was kind of a bad man. He was a dishonest man because he looked to other things. He didn't look to Jesus. He, and I guarantee you that Zacchaeus, when he did people wrong, he would go hang out with his friends, hang out with other sinners, and talk about the people that he just ripped off, the people that he did wrong, because that's what he lived by. And the Bible tells us he was a tax collector. I hate, I hate doing taxes. I hate tax season. We're coming up on tax season, and I just, I just can't stand it. Like, I have a FedEx business. Most of you know that. And the way I have to do my taxes is just ridiculous. Like, it's not even fun. And I think every year, Lauren and I just put it off. A little bit farther, we're stretching till April 15th every year to do our taxes because we just don't like doing it. But some people, they get those W-2s, and I mean, they, they know they're getting that money back, so they go quickly to get their taxes done. Well, that's what Zacchaeus loved. He, he loved people coming to him because he knew he was going to do them wrong. But somewhere along the way, Zacchaeus realized that he had to change some things. He had to look a different direction. And that's my point number one. Zacchaeus had to change who he looked to because that's just the start of things. He had to change his direction. So now that he's going in the right direction, there's a couple, there's three more things I really want to hit home with that we're going to have to change as, as individuals, as families, as a congregation, as a church. So I really think if we want to see our church strive in 2020, that we're going to have to change. And the second thing that Zacchaeus had to change was his point of view. Verse 4 says, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Zacchaeus had to change his point of view. Now, when I read this story, I always like trying to imagine being there. I like trying to picture myself in this situation. In this situation, I think that Zacchaeus was a little man, because the Bible tells us he was. He's a little guy, but there was a lot of people around he, had a, he was pressed up against the crowd. 
told Austin I was going to pick on him this morning since he was a wee old man. Uh, I said, so imagine if you got everybody up on this stage right here, and I put, I put Austin right, just right here in front of the drums, and everybody, I told everybody else to come around and stand. And I said, no, Austin, Jesus is about to come down the aisle. Make sure you get a good look at him. It's going to be hard for, for Austin or, or really anybody, unless you 6'8 Ricky over here, stand out in the middle of everybody. It's going to be hard to see anything coming down the aisle. But that's what Zacchaeus could have done. He could have said, I know Jesus is coming this way. Just let me get a little glimpse of him. He could have, he could have might have ducked down and kind of got a little view. Oh, I see him coming. Or he could have got on somebody's shoulder. But he wanted a better point of view on things. So he went, ran, and climbed up in a tree. And why did he do that? Because he wanted to stand out. He wanted to stick out. He not only wanted to see Jesus. He wanted Jesus to see him. He wanted Jesus to notice who he was. Are you sticking out this morning? Are you trying to stand out and be different? Is Jesus going to notice who you are by your lifestyle, good or bad? Is he, are you going to stand out for him? I think of a ball game, a point of view. I like going to, I'm a sports guy. You guys know that. I love football, baseball, basketball, whatever. That's like going to a baseball game. Me and Tucker Phillips, we like going to, to Braves games. And we'll go to a Braves game, and we can pick really where you want to sit. I mean, you get online, you purchase your tickets, you can pick your two seats. What you can't pick is who sits around you. So you can pick your point of view for a ball game, but you can't pick who's going to sit in front of you. So I love getting to the ballpark early. You go to a ball game, you sit down, you got your view, nobody's in front of you, nobody's beside you. There's a sign that says, please do not put feet on back of seats. And the first thing you do is prop your feet up on the seats and you just, you're relaxed you're like, man, this, this is a good day. This is going to be a good game. And then you see two guys ten times my size walking, walking down the aisle looking for their seats. And you're thinking, oh, man, I hope they don't sit in front of me. Please don't come this way. Please don't come. And then sure enough, they come and they sit down and they block your whole view. And, and I've had this happen personally. And it just like, it almost just runs your heart. It's like, man, I, now I can't even see the game. I'm going to have to be moving left or right. I'm going to have to stand up. I'm going to have to look over their shoulder. I'm going to have to change my point of view constantly in our lives our point of view gets blocked by a lot of things Zacchaeus's point of view was blocked by the people that he was surrounded by he didn't he didn't like his point of view when Jesus was coming into town so he changed his point of view and the thing about the point of view is we like seeing things from our point of view Right? I mean, I don't see it from your point of view. I don't see it from my point of view. And there's a saying that we say a lot. And you say, well, this is the way I see it. You're going to tell somebody. You're about to tell somebody. Or they might be looking for advice. And you say, what do I do? I don't, I don't really know what to do. And you say, well, this is the way I see it. And we say that term. We use that phrase because this is the way I see it. Because we know that whoever we're talking to or people surrounded by see it a different way. And so when you say, I see it this way, you're, this is a personal view. This is a point of view from you. But the best thing about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is point of view. Jesus going around town to town, city to city, preaching the good news, proclaiming the gospel. He saw all kinds of people just like you and I do. He saw the hurt. He saw the broken. He saw the lonely. He saw the lame, the deaf, the blind. You name it, he saw them. But what Jesus also saw was the rich, the kings, the rulers, 
the Pharisees, high authority people. And from his point of view, he looked at them all the same. And you know how he looked at them? He looked at them as children of God who needed a Savior. He looked at them with love, compassion, in need of something more than they had. Even though some of them, kind of like Zacchaeus, he, he had probably a lot of money because he took a lot of people's money. But from, from anybody else's point of view, that from his point of view, life was great. From somebody else's point of view, not so great. What's your point of view this morning? What's your point of view for, for this church? What's your point of view on 2019? What's your point of view going into 2020? that you need to change. And there's some things that I think people need to change in here that, that I don't know about, but you know the point of view that you're looking through. The third thing I want to talk about, Zacchaeus had to change. He, he not only had to change who he looked to, he not only had to change his point of view, he had to change his surroundings. Look at verse 6. It says, And he made haste, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. He made haste, he came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus didn't hesitate right here. Jesus told him, hey, come down. So the best thing about this passage right here, I, lo I love this part because uh, Zacchaeus was around a bunch of sinners. That's just all, that's what his life consists of. But can you imagine Zacchaeus hearing about Jesus coming to town, wanting, looking, says he, verse 3, remember what verse 3, he sought out to see Jesus. He'd already changed who he was looking to. Now he's changed his point of view so he can see Jesus. The third thing, he changed his surroundings. What's surrounding you this morning that keeps Jesus from getting to you? I have no doubt in here that some of you guys have friends and maybe even family that keeps Jesus from getting to you. You notice what I said. I didn't say you have friends that keep you from getting to Jesus. You have friends that keep Jesus getting to you. Jesus wants to get to you. Jesus is trying to get to you, trying to reach you, trying to change your, who you're looking to. He's trying to change your point of view. He's trying to change your surroundings. But you have, to, you have to let him. And when you do that, it's not always easy because what's it say they did? In verse 7, it says they all murmured. And when they saw it, they murmured saying, this man's going to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. I can tell you this morning, I'm glad Jesus is a friend of sinners. Casting Crowns has that song, I think it's Casting Crowns, Jesus, friend of sinners. If he wasn't a friend of sinners, I guess we couldn't be friends. Nobody could be friends with Jesus. So he is a friend of sinners, and, and that's exactly why he called Zacchaeus. Could you imagine Zacchaeus just trying to get a glimpse of Jesus coming through? So if, if like Jesus was walking here, he's got a bird's eye view, a, a different point of view of Jesus and he just wants Jesus to see him. He just wants Jesus to stand, or he wants to stand out to Jesus. And Jesus calls him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down, brother. Like, I'm, go I'm going to your house. I'm hanging out with you today. Could you imagine the, the different set of friends he has now, the sinners that he hung out with time and time after again, again? And now he has the friend of all friends in Jesus who says, I'm going to go hang out with you. And when you stand out for Jesus, when you have a different lifestyle than those around you, people's going to murmur. They're not going to like it. They're not going to like that you have made this decision. Zacchaeus didn't care. It, what did it say? It said he received him joyfully. It said he made haste come down and received Jesus joyfully. And that's just it, church. When we receive Jesus with open arms joyfully, he will do things in your life that you never imagined. 
he will make paths clear and straight that you never even seen or realized you had obstacles in the way to begin with. He'll take crooked roads and make them straight when you didn't realize they were, you were on a curvy road. When you receive him joyfully. You're talking about friends. I think about some of the friends that I grew up with and hung out with. I thought I had the best friends ever. I mean, my, my clique, we'd hang out, and it was just awesome. Good time. And now that I look back, I'm like, man, I had some of the worst friends I could have ever had. Like, I just think about, like, man, what a, what a bunch of losers. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, man, I'm kind of glad. And I think, yeah, I don't talk to anybody really anymore that I went to high school with or that I graduated with. They've all gone to do bigger and worse things, in my opinion. And I'm thinking, man, that was, that was my good friend. I bet Zacchaeus looked at some of his friends and said, you know what, me and that guy used to be good friends, but... He don't want to undo me because I've chose this lifestyle living for Jesus. But, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray for him because he needs a friend of friends. You talk about good friends in the Bible. Mark chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. Mark chapter 2, we all know this story. Most of us know this story. There's a guy with palsy who's sick on his deathbed pretty much. And his four friends get him to Jesus. They carry a corner of, of his bed. And if you know the story, they get to the house and they can't even get in the front door. It is so packed, crammed full. And what they do? They just turn around and left, right? They said, we'll come back another day. It's not what they did. They said, somehow, we have to get to Jesus. So they went above and beyond. They went to the rooftop. They lowered their friend down to Jesus. That's friendship. That's what friends do. Instead of having friends in your life that keep you from getting to Jesus and keep Jesus getting to you, have friends that will get you to Jesus and let Jesus get to you. That's the kind of friends we need in our lives. The last thing I want to talk about, we need to change. There's a lot of things we need to change. And I I just kind of looked at this passage and I picked out these four things that I thought that Zacchaeus did change in order to have a good relationship with Jesus. And he changed who he looked to. He changed his point of view. He changed his surroundings. And the last thing he changed, and I think this is a big one, he changed his way of thinking. Verses 8 and 9 says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore unto him fourfold. Right then and there, Zacchaeus' way of thinking changed. Because is, is that how he'd been living? No, he'd been taking people's money left and right. He was a bad, bad guy. And because Jesus, he let Jesus get to him. He let Jesus get a hold of his life. He let Jesus change him. He changed his way of thinking. There's a lot of people in here who need to change their way of thinking. There's a lot of people in this building right now who need to change their way of thinking of, of church in general. Change their way of thinking of the way we worship. Maybe the way we spend our money. Maybe the way we do things. Not as just individuals, not just as a congregation, just as a church. Because we want to see how do we expect God to use us as a church to bless people outside these walls when we won't even allow him to come in here and bless us inside these walls. And that hits, de- that hits deep to me. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. But it all starts with changing our way of thinking. 
I had a guy tell me one time, you know, when you when you telling people, and once again, if somebody's looking for advice, advice a minute ago, I said, well, this is the way I see it. Some people also say the phrase, well, let me tell you what I'm thinking, or let me tell you what I think. I had a guy tell me one time this year, I said, well, this is what I think. And he cut me off right there, and he said, it don't matter what you think. And I was like, okay, so, so I didn't say nothing else. And then later I got to thinking, maybe, maybe it didn't matter what I think. Or maybe I was thinking the wrong way. And so this is one that I've really prayed about for us as individuals, for us as a church, for us as a congregation, for our, for our deacons, our trustees, our leaders, for Seth and I, to, to change our way of thinking. On some, Not all of us, but some of us need to change our way of thinking. Very few people like change. And change is hard most of the time. But Zacchaeus... He had to change who he looked to. He had to change his point of view. He had to change his surroundings. And he had to change his way of thinking. And we'll never have a good and healthy relationship with Jesus unless we do these things. And notice how it started with Zacchaeus. His transformation begins when he sought after Jesus. That was the beginning of his transformation. Jesus' Jesus' heart beats to change your story. I promise you. His heart is beating to change your story. You can replace that word change with whatever you want. Transform, renewed, revived, sanctified, whatever you want to change it to. Jesus is trying to change you. And so here we are, the end of another year. 2019 has come and gone. And, and they say, I guess it's true, they say the older you get, the faster it goes. That's, I mean, I'm 36 and... I feel like yesterday I was six, so the older you get, the faster it goes. I'm starting to believe that because I, like, I don't even, this year has just been a, a snap of a finger, and the sad part is I may be preaching next year at the end of 2020, and I'm going to say, man, 2020 went by just like that. It went by faster than the year before. So here's the thing, church. It's the end of the year. A lot of you are sitting here thinking, there's really not much I need to change. I mean, I think everything's going good in my life. I got, I got everything figured out. The four points I just hit on, I can almost promise you that everybody in this room needs to change one of them. Who you're looking to. I think us as a church, as Cookville Free Will Baptist Church, need to change who we look to. We need to change our point of view on some things. Let's just be honest. We need to change our surroundings. Some of us need to change our surroundings to better ourselves. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's about 99% of us in here need to change our way of thinking. And that, that hits deep. And you might say, I can't believe he's saying that because it's true. A lot of us in here need to change our way of thinking, the way we look at things. Seth and I went to the state convention this year. We heard Eric Pushman, he's a pastor in Antioch, and he got up and he talked about the division in churches between generations to generations. How do you get the young to connect with the old? How do you get the old to connect with the young? That was like his topic. They asked him to preach. And if you know Eric, probably many of you don't know him. He's, he's me, Seth, and Tanner. We make up about half of him. He's a big old guy. He is a huge guy. Great guy, great speaker. And he said something that, and Seth probably remembers this. I think about this almost every day that what he said. He said, what is tearing, and he talked about his church personally. He said, what is tearing our churches apart and what is tearing our church apart 
from generation to generations is that we assume. He used the word assume, and he said we assume things when we have no idea. He said he had families that assume that family don't really like my family. Their kids don't really like my kids. They had no proof of that. They just assumed. I assume people don't like the way we do music here. I don't know that. I assume people don't like the preaching. I don't know that. I assume people don't like all the changes we're making. I don't know that. Assuming is one of the worst things we can do when you have no proof. So as 2020 gets here, we're a few days away. Don't assume it's going to be a good year. Don't assume we're going to get started off on a bad foot again. Don't assume anything. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I know I need to change. You may not need to change in every area of this that I just talked about, but I promise you, probably three out of four of me do. Maybe just one, maybe just half of them. For me, I can work on all four of them because I know I look to things that I don't need to look to besides Jesus. I know I seek man's approval. I know my point of view ain't always the best, and I could have a better point of view. I absolutely know I could change my surroundings and some of the people I hang out with and talk to and and talk about stuff I shouldn't talk about. And I'm 100% positive I can change my way of thinking. I can change my outlook on this church. The Lord has been good to this church, amen? Absolutely. But we want to sit back and say, oh, poor pitiful us. It's been a tough year. It has been a tough year. You know what? Year's about over. It's time to make some changes. Musicians, come on. They got a song for us they're going to sing. Lord, I need you. If this church has ever needed the Lord at any time, it's right now. If our children's ministry has ever needed the Lord, it's right now. If our deacons and our trustees and our our leaders of this church has ever needed the Lord, it's right now. Our Sunday school teachers, our pastor, myself, each and every person in here that makes up Goodwill Free Will Baptist Church, if there's ever a time that we needed the Lord, I really don't want to have to beg you to come pray this morning. I shouldn't even have to ask you to come pray. We should gather as a congregation. And first of all, we should thank the Lord for what he's done in 2019. And we should thank him again for the things he's going to do in 2020. And we need to have a heart check as a congregation and say, Lord, you may not know what you need to change. But you need to just ask him and say, reveal that to me, Lord. So I want you guys to stand. And if you feel free, I want you to come and pray. And I want you to get get right with with God on what you should do for this upcoming year. Lord, I need you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we just thank you for, for all your many blessings, Father. And I just pray that, Lord, we can be a church that's passionate about you, passionate about your word, Lord. I just pray that, Lord, we look to you in 2020, Lord. Lord, I pray we change our point of view on some things. I pray we change our surroundings, Lord. I, I pray that we change our thinking to your thoughts, Lord, to who you want us to be so we can reach others and tell them about you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.